0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca.
1: You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Drysdale, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eason <laughs> Hopkins. <laughs> this is Kutcher Platham. This is Kim This is Cam Talbot. Connor McDavid from mm-hmm. your
2: Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country.
3: And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America-wide.
2: Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob offer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed.
0: Uh, to open up today's edition of Oilers Now, Bob Stauffer with you in the 630 Chad Studios. Hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday, everybody. This is Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and printers. Their service is outstanding. Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex, they will look after you. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, a whole lot of Stoffer Inspector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing Saturdays at one o'clock at Northlands Park. Uh, we will also have a couple interactive sessions to today's edition of Orders. Now you can reach us on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. They have Bell Angville, March twenty fourth and Larry the Cable Guy April fourteenth at the River Cree Resort Casino. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can email us at OilersNow at 630Ched.com. Text us at 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out the great selection today at WestlockFord.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We are on Twitter at OilersNow. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stauffer. Tweet Brendan at Brendan Ulrich. And for podcasts of the show, go to globalnews.ca backslash Edmonton backslash program backslash now with Bob Stauffer. Special shout out to our friends at Pro-Am Sports. Again, Spec will be sliding in today in studio in and around 12.30. The Edmonton Oilers coming off a victory last night. Uh, and they did it uh, perhaps in unorthodox style, but uh, did ultimately find a way to get the win. Here's the call.
2: Lost it, lunged at Ryan Strome, couldn't make a play, and here come the Oilers, two-on-one, shorthanded, Strome to the net, wrist shot, save Kemper, rebound, score, and the Oilers had their ninth shorthanded goal of the season, Jujar Kerr on the rebound, he ties the game at one with his 11th goal of the season, now Dreisaitl hits Lucic in stride, it drives scores, and there it is, Milan Lucic's first goal in 30 games, dating to December the 23rd, 2-1 to Edmonton Milan Lucic his 10th of the year. He's off the schneide
0: Well a big man needed that one and you know he scored a lot of goals in his career off the rush. He's got a real good shot Boys pretty happy for him. Hey Burt try to sneak it in inside
2: new Janopkins wrist shot score. Yes a pulley RV on a setup from R&H Play goal for Edmonton. Shorthanded goal for the Oilers. And wanted even strength. It's 3-1. Well,
0: that was a rocket from Yesapol Yarby. And Oilers fans, maybe a glimpse into the future. Arizona with a steal. A quick
2: shot. Score. And just like that, an Edmonton turnover. Ponick to Christian Dvorak, His 12th of the year. And we got a hockey game. 3-2. Now you've got Brad Richardson in this fourth line. Has been good against Edmonton all year. Here's our backhand centering pass by Martin Oak. Richardson drag move. Clipped it off the side of the net. Out to Jalmerson. shot, score. And Arizona's tied the game. Three-all, 439 to play. Nicholas Jalmerson. His first goal all season long. Glenbaum came down, won a puck battle, and now you've got McDavid and Dry set off the right-hand side. Domi and Connaughton on the ice for Arizona. McDavid centers one timer score. Oscar Clefbaum and Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum with his first goal in 34 games. It's the winner, Edmonton 4, Arizona 3 in overtime.
0: So the Oilers get the victory. They improved to 7-3 and three in overtime this year. I don't know about you, but you know, in a perfect world, yeah, you'd be able to take a two-goal lead into the third period, nurse that baby home. But I'm never disappointed to see the owners playing overtime, and because I really like seeing McDavid and Dreisaitl together uh, dominating play. I mean, they never came off the ice on that three-on-three. And Rick Tockett, the Arizona Coyotes head coach, made uh, three separate changes to his forward tandems to go head-to-head. Rob Brown's talked about this in the past. He thinks what teams should do is have two defensemen and a forward out against McDavid and Dreisaitl. But if you do that and Todd McClellan elects to play those two, three of the five minutes, you're putting yourself in a position where maybe you're not going for it
1: yourself. So, Harry Trotz does that a lot in Washington. He starts with 2D in overtime. Yeah, well. Which eh, is interesting because they have a lot of firepower up front. They do. And, I mean, they got Orlov who can
0: really skate, and Carlson as well. And those are two of the guys that uh, I think they'd probably... Niskanen would be the other one that would see a lot of action. Oscar Kleffbaum, last year, 12 goals, 38 points. I think he was uh, off the top of my head at least plus seven or eight on the year. He's obviously had a tough campaign so far. Um, It's funny. uh, Some might say as Oscar goes, so goes the Oilers. I mean, he and Connor McDavid got hurt in Todd McClellan's first year in 15-16, and uh, those injuries were a factor in the Oilers, uh, maybe not reaching what they could have reached during that year. This year, Oscar um, has dealt with some issues. I know he got a cortisone shot at one point. Uh, That said, uh, by his own admission, he says he feels pretty good these days. He's not played at the level that he was at last year. That's a given. But he broke down the winning goal.
1: Yeah, it's pretty easy. I just give the puck to Connor early on, and they, they do the rest kind of. I just need to, to uh, get my stick on the ice, and they, they got to find my tape, and, and that's how it was. I mean, they made a hell of a play, and it was very nice for me to, to finally score a goal. Uh, I've been close a couple of times, but it's nice to be, to, to be out there with them. I mean, I'm very fortunate to, to be able to, to play with them on the on three-on-three, three and it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: You can text us at 630-630. i got a question for you right now. Oscar Klefbaum, bad year this year. I think we can all agree on that. He's got a good contract, and he is a minutes muncher. He plays 22 minutes a game. The question might be asked, what is he? Last year's Oscar or this year's Oscar? My question for you, patience. Do you need patience for Oscar, or have you seen enough and think maybe you need to flip him out at some point? I'd like to get a perspective on that. Um by the way, Brendan, you've got the word schneid in the script. Did you personally ever use the word schneid before you started uh, working with Jack Michaels and myself?
1: <laughs> well, I tweeted out a picture of Lucic last night saying he was off the schneid, and I noticed that Jack used it in uh, his goal call for Lucic as well last night. So, Jack Michaels yeah, I have heard that one before.
0: Okay, Jack has used the word schneid <laughs> for a lot, so that's why I was wondering. Uh, here's Oscar Klefbaum, uh on he and Milan Lucic both getting off. The Schneid.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm, it gives a lot of confidence, especially for me and Milan today, to to finally score a goal. Uh, I mean, we've been close a couple of times, but just to get that over win, overtime win, it, it gives a lot of confidence and, and a lot of energy.
0: All right, uh, Milan Lucic, as we know, scored uh, coming down the uh, left wing. Uh, good three-way passing play and. Lucic rifled one home. Not a great for the record. Uh, Darcy Camper probably would have liked to have had that one back. Doesn't matter. When you haven't scored in 29 games, you'll take him any way you can. Here's Lucic on his goal and the win.
3: Yeah, For sure. And, uh, nice to have one finally go in. I think I, I said it this morning. It's one of those ones where you just are not thinking and just shoot it as hard as you can and, and it finds a way in uh, just inside the post. So, nice to get that one. Uh, nice to get a win here at home. Uh, and you know, I think we, even though we gave up a two-goal lead there uh, for them to tie it and to go into overtime, I think we did uh, uh, a lot more of what we wanted to do and how we wanted to play versus how we played against the Rangers, and we just need to keep uh, building off of that.
0: All right, so Edmonton gets the win again, four three in overtime. Uh, Lucic's linemate is Leon Drysaddle. He set him up for the uh, goal, and Drysaddle had these comments on what it meant to the group to have Lucic score.
2: Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, I, mean, I think uh, everyone was was cheering for him every game, and um, you know, obviously, we wanted him to score, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, this is is one of many.
0: Todd McClellan, the Oilers' head coach, after the game, had these comments on the topsy-turvy night that took place at Rogers Place.
3: Uh, ups and downs, uh, emotional highs, some lows. Um, you know, we've we've um, we've battled that first goal against all year. Um, uh, again, that shot's going at least 12, 15 feet wide, and and off a of skating in. You know, so that was a bit of a downer, but then how are we going to react? Were we going to roll over and, and feel sorry for ourselves? We didn't. So that's uh, there's a negative. We turned into a positive. Shorthanded goal. Penalty kill was real good. Power play got us one. Um, there hasn't been many nights this year, obviously, when special teams won us a game. Tonight was one of those. Uh, we give up the lead. Again, that's an emotional downer for us uh, but we find a way to come back so uh, a night of ups and downs um, some inconsistencies but we found ways to uh, recover
0: alright that's Todd McClellan the orders get the victory uh, you can text us on our West Ford text line this text comes in saying Bob that's Jack Michaels and me not Jack Michaels and myself oh okay um, for the record if you're going to listen to the show uh, there are going to be grammatical errors made
1: Literally, every especially minute. when I'm hosting
0: <laughs> <laughs> some some shows, almost every minute. Okay, uh, so let's. Uh, from my perspective, here's what happened last night. I mean, Arizona's not a great team. They had been playing pretty well, even with the overtime loss. Uh, their record, by the way, is now eight two and two in their last twelve games. Did we get a, an explanation as to why Anti Ranta did not
1: start? Uh, and Kemper had to come in there late. What was apparently the he tweaked something uh, about eighteen yeah. minutes before the game, like after war after warm up because he was he playing was tight in the dressing room. Yeah, he was playing lights
0: out. Um, the first goal does Ranta have that? I don't think so. The second one to Lucic was not a great goal. The, the third one was. I mean, I don't think Ranta's making that save off that shot from Puljic on the power play there. Um, Jujar Keira. and. Would it be fair to say that Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle have basically produced on the level that we thought they were going to produce this year? I mean, McDavid's right around 100-point pace. Dreisaitl, I think, now has 60 points in 62 games. Last year, he had 77 in 82 games. So he's kind of... Of course, he missed the four games of the concussion earlier in the year, and that does take some players some time to get it. So they've kind of been relatively productive to the level that our expectations probably had them at. They just did it differently because I think we all thought the power play would be a lot better. Uh, so other than those two guys, and Nugent Hopkins, in fairness to him, has kind of, when he's been in the lineup, certainly from a goal-scoring perspective, has probably been a little bit ahead of where we thought. I mean, he's what's what's he got, 16, 17 goals? I mean, he has a chance for 25 goals. His career high is 24. Which brings us to two other players, Darnell Nurse and Jujar Kera, that I think have exceeded expectations. Uh, Darnell, I think it was inevitable, given his work ethic and practice, the athleticism that he has, that he was just going to keep getting better. Okay? And and I and I think it's going to continue. Um, as Now, is he going to be a first-unit power play guy? Maybe not a first-unit guy, maybe a second-unit guy, but a guy that's also a first-penalty-killing unit guy, and a guy that in time will log 22 to 23 minutes a game. Uh, Kara's case, he has grabbed it. Uh, He didn't necessarily grab it right out of training camp, but once he got scratched a couple times, I think he's been pretty good. He's a very useful player. Uh, He has some size. Uh, He's capable of looking after himself. Last night, Freddie Hamilton got a hit in on one of the other players, and Jajar went over twice to Hamilton to try to get him to engage, and uh, Hamilton just told him to screw off and was not interested in going down that path. Um, so there's a couple guys there, and I, I bring up Kara because he was involved in the first goal and he had an assist taken away in the third one on the power play, but that does bode well for Edmonton. I mean, if you look at it, you go McDavid to dry settle, Nugent Hopkins center options, and again, Todd McClellan's basically outlined at some point in the final 15 games once Nugent Hopkins gets up and running, where we might see right on the left wing. With Connor, and that would mean that Leon would center his own line, and then you'd be sitting there with Ryan Strome, who has put together now. now Strome, by the way, now has five goals and nine points his last nine games. It's not blowing anybody's doors out, but he's looking a little bit more comfortable in center. He's also killing penalties. He is a right shot. He has to improve in the face off circle because uh, he's only about a forty five percent face off guy. But they've got some center options. I think we can see that, and add Keira into that mix as well. And, and they're not small at center either. I mean, they've got a little bit of size there. And obviously, when you're rolling out McDavid and have the option of uh, Dreissel or Nugent Hopkins as a second-line center, that's in pretty good position. Um, wings, there's, there's lots of work to be done there. The Paul Yarvey discussion for me, Brendan, 14, 15 minutes a game for this year. And then see if he continues to progress and develop moving forward. Right now, he's playing on third line. You know, By next fall, is he a, is he a second-line right wing? I think that's a distinct possibility. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor that situation. Slapichev, I don't know. He okay, scored four goals over a 10-game span. I, I don't know how well he uh, uses his teammates. He has, put it this way, I think Slapichev can play in the league as at least a fourth-liner. But I think that given the options that would be there for Anton Slapishev in the KHL, I wonder whether or not you know I'd probably qualify him if I was the Oilers. I mean, there's something there if the player. It's just I have more confidence in Puliaryev at 19, more being where he's at to move up and eventually play in the top, uh, you know, the top six than I do with Anton Slapishev. So some thoughts and some players there. Defensively, we discussed Nurse, uh, clefbaum For me, you gotta you gotta ride it out. Now, if you could get a right-shot power play guy, even if he doesn't play 22 minutes a game, and nurse is what you have to give up, I, I guess you'd have to contemplate doing that. But I have a question for you right now. Ethan Bear. Granted, the last two games have been against the Rangers. And against Arizona, that's not Nashville. It was Adventures in Babysitting against Nashville, and Ethan did some really good things in the first half uh, of the game against Nashville, and then he and Sacra struggled. But Andre's just starting to play a little bit better. Uh, it was still having some challenges against Nashville. So on Ethan Bear, what do you think?
1: Uh, I don't think he'll be on the team next year to start, but uh, I don't think he should be. But I, I have been impressed with him, especially when he was on that top power play unit, Bob, there for, what, 30 seconds last night? They whipped it around really nicely. And you can just see the the dimension that the right shot sort of adds to that top unit. Theoretically, if you do
0: not add a right shot power play guy and you start the year building a power play with Clefbaum on one unit and, for the sake of argument, Secker betting on the other unit... And most fans will say, well, that's not good enough. And based on being 31st in the league right now, that's a fair argument to make. Is Ethan Bear a guy that at some point comes up? To be honest with you, i got to tell you, he's looked more composed than I... Th- I never debated for a second that he was smart. but the, He's confident. The, the composure he has yeah. on the ice... His body composition is better. This is a taste for him, and we discussed it yesterday. I think that, you know, because Larson's going to come back in the lineup here, uh, maybe, unless you pull Sekra for a game, but I think Andre's starting to play a little bit better. I do think there's something there with Bear that should excite other fans. Uh, It's not necessarily in the immediate time frame, but by halfway through next year, I think he's going to be knocking on the door pretty good. 1223 at Edmonton, you can text us at 630-630, tweet us at orders now. email us at now at 630Ched.com. Bob Stauffer, Brendan, and I'll work with you. And when we come back, we're going to get to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca
1: This is Oscar Plefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 630 Shed. It's 1226
0: in Edmonton. And uh, Brendan Ulrich is going to bring you Elite Promotional Marketing's NHL Today. Elite Promotional Marketing more than just sportswear. Brennan, fire up that music.
1: Nine games around at the NHL tonight. Boston home to Detroit. No Bergeron, now no uh, McAvoy for the Bruins. He's out a month with uh, left MCL sprain as the Bruins host Detroit. Taylor Hall continues to ride a 25-game personal point streak as the Devils welcome Montreal to town. He has 18 goals, 18 assists during that span. The Devils, though, have dropped three in a row. The Winnipeg Jets travel to New York to battle the Rangers. Patrick Aline, red red-hot right now, 10 goals, 6 assists in his last eight games for the Jets. The Golden Knights in Columbus. William Carlson returning to Columbus for the first time since the expansion draft. The Florida Panthers have won six in a row. They set a point back. Of the Blue Jackets for a wild card spot with three games in hand. Tonight they are in Tampa Bay. Ryan McDonough, by the way, won't debut until at least the weekend for the Bolts, according to John Cooper. Nashville, they've won eight in a row. Tonight they host Dallas. Carolina in Minnesota, the Wild have earned a point in 12 of their past 15 games. The Avalanche will try to keep the winning times going as they travel to Chicago. The Avs a point back of the Kings for a wild card spot. And the Anaheim Ducks are home to Washington. Guinea Kuznetsov has four goals, five assists in his past four games for the Caps. The Ducks have won two in a row and are a point back of the Sharks for second in the Pacific. Uh, Some news out of Vancouver today. Brock Besser will miss four to six weeks with a back injury that he suffered last night, Bob. It's a tough one. He's going to be the runner-up for
0: Rookie of the Year, obviously. The guy that's going to be the Rookie of the Year, we're going to see here on Thursday night. His name is Matthew Barzell. Well, McAvoy, who was in the hunt too, is out as well, so it's Barzell's to lose now, as you, as you said. He's not losing it. He's in. For the record, he's gone out and won it.
1: Yeah. What have we got lot. in the American League and the other leagues and all that kind of stuff? The Condors are back in action Friday. They host Stockton and San Diego on Saturday. The Oil Kings play in Saskatoon tonight. And the Golden Bears getting set for the Nationals. That goes March 15th to 18th in New Brunswick. There you have it. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Ulrich with you. This is Oilers Now. We are going to head off to
0: a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Stoffer and Spectre for Horse Racing Alberta live thoroughbred racing returns to Northlands Park May 5th. This is Oilers Now.